You know, we are in way too much of a hurry in our life, ain't we? I, I, I'm over there biting my fingernails and chewing up things because I'm just in such a fast pace. This has got to be now. This has got to be this. And this guy Ron, hurry up. Dear Jesus. And you know, God reminded me of a verse. Be still and know that I am God. Now, how many of y'all would agree we're all in too much of a hurry? We want God to talk to us, and we won't slow down long enough to give him our ear. Be still and know that I am God. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? All the time. Romans chapter 12. Let me just read two verses, and then I'll let you sit down. Romans 12, verse 9. Y'all know what we've been doing. Y'all know what we've been preaching out of this chapter all month long. Uh, preaching on finding our destiny, knowing our destiny. And God has done a work in our hearts. He, is, he has dealt with the innards, if you want to use that terminology. Uh, it's not necessarily about the outside and what we're going to do. He wants to know where our heart is before he ever tells us what he wants us to do. And listen, after he, after he told us to have a surrendered life, some of y'all will never find the will of God for your life because you're not totally surrendered. God's not going to tell you what he wants you to do because you've got your plan, you've got your agenda, you've got your day planner, and he don't really fit your schedule. You've got him scheduled out, but you've got to understand, God don't work on a schedule. And if he was to tell you what you, he wants you to do, it wouldn't fit in your schedules, and you wouldn't do it anyhow. If you want to know the will of God for your life, you've got to say, God, anytime, anywhere, any place, what would you have me to do? The first step is a surrendered life. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, surrendered life. Then we talked in verse 2 about uh, the sanctified life and being conformed to the image of his son. Verse 3, our attitudes with one another. How is our attitude with our neighbor? How is our attitude? How do we see people? The Bible says, let no man think more highly of himself than he ought to think. Then he goes and describes those uh, motivational gifts, those functional gifts that we all want to know. What do we have? How can we use it in service for the Lord? But then he follows it up with this verse here, verse number 9. Are you there? Say amen. Let love be without dissimulation or hypocrisy. It needs to be real. Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love, in honor preferring one another. Read verse 10 with me. Be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love in honor preferring one another. Dear Heavenly Father, help us this morning. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for a reminder, Lord, that you are all we need. And it's all about you. God, I pray that you help us to slow down to hear you this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let me give you a thought this morning that God has just reinforced in my mind and my heart and uh, what I believe we need to hear, and then we're going to pray. I, Brother Ron asked me yesterday in the office, he said, Preacher, what are you going to preach on tomorrow? I said, how is your love life? He said, I beg your pardon, amen. I said, no, I, the, the title is going to be The Main Ingredient. In order to have a cheese sandwich, you got to have what? Got to have some cheese, Amen. What is the main ingredient when it comes to serving God and serving others? What is the main ingredient? What does God want in our heart? I, I've been praying and reading these scriptures, and in all three references, in all three books that Paul 
talked about the body of Christ and how the body of Christ is compared uh, uh, to the body, the human body, how there are different responsibilities, there are different offices, there are different members of the body that that do different things. The eyes see and the ears hear and and the mouth speaks and, and we know that they have different responsibilities. And in every single one, everyone in Ephesians, in Romans, in 1 Corinthians, every single one, Paul made an emphasis of love every single time. He told you what, how we are diversified, how that we are indifferent in our responsibilities, in our gifts, in the offices that we hold, and what God expects out of us as his children. But in every single one, he made a great emphasis on love. Thursday morning, God woke me up. I mean, early in the morning, God woke me up, and, and, and he began to quote the verse to me. Though I have the the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am of a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. Listen, in verse 2 of chapter 1 Corinthians 13, he talks about how we can have the kind of faith that moves mountains and have all knowledge and we can have all the ability in the world. But if we don't have love, if we don't have charity, listen, we are nothing. It's not worth anything without love. I don't care how many hands you shake. I don't care how many bulletins you give out. I don't care how many messages you you preach or how many songs that you sing. If there is not love in your heart, it is useless. Useless. Boy, I wondered why everything went wrong today. You name it from the time I got up this morning. Everything, if it could happen, it could happen. I, I couldn't find my comb this morning. Tammy said, I don't know why, because it's not going to do anything in it. It's just going to stick up. Amen. I'm praying to God my hair will grow out. Amen. She said, that don't matter. I mean, from one thing, the, 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 the words didn't. Doyle's writing his own songs this morning. I mean, everything, batteries going dead. You know what? The devil don't want you to know this ingredient. If we'll start loving one another, the, 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 what, what does the Bible say? Love will cover a multitude of... You know what? We can get along a whole lot better if we'll start practicing love. What good is it? What good is it to be a good minister if there's not love? I, I looked at this. I looked at this, and I, I was reading in 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13. Do y'all have that? 1 Corinthians 13. It says this, and you don't turn to it, I'll, I'll save you time, you can look at it later. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. Though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. What is God trying to tell us about love in this particular chapter? Number one, God is telling us love is essential. Love is essential. I looked up the word essential. The word means of the utmost importance. Of the utmost importance. What does it mean? You don't necessarily have to have the ability down if you have love in your heart. I have seen people that could, listen, they didn't have the greatest ability. They didn't have the greatest of talent. Uh, They did the best they could, but they had love in their heart, and it made all the difference in the world. What is love essential to? What is it of the utmost importance with? I believe, I believe it is essential. Love is essential for my message. Love is essential. How many of y'all know you have a message? Raise your hand if you, you know you have a message. Whether you know it or not, if you are a Christian, you have a message. You have a testimony. We are supposed to be sharing our testimony. We are supposed to be sharing 
our message with a lost world. We are supposed to go out and tell those what God has done for us. Now let me ask you a question. What good is your message if there is no love behind it? I, I read a story of two men that went in a church and preached on hell. One of them preached on hell in, a, in, a, in an angry type fashion, in an angry type way and, and was very fierce in his approach. And the next man that came in, he preached on hell with tears dripping off his face, begging people, please, please do what you can. Do what the Bible says. Don't go to hell. God has made every preparation to keep you out of hell. And the man, listen, the, the, the gentleman in the congregation came back and told the pastor, he said, the first one preached like he wanted me to go. The second one preached like he wanted to do everything to keep me out. Now, what was the difference? It wasn't the message. The same message was on hell. The same message and the same thought was there. But it was the love behind what you were saying. It's amazing to me. There are people that can tell me anything they want to tell me, but I know there's love in their heart. I don't care what they tell me. I'll be willing to accept it. But then there's others that can be critical and can be, listen, whatever, but if there is no love behind your message, you're not going to accomplish anything. What have we done? I believe most Christians have done more damage to the cause of Christ because they gave the right message, but they didn't do it in love. Love is essential for our message. But then love is essential, listen, for our ministry. Look what he says in verse number 2. I got message out of verse 1. What, is, what were tongues, the languages for? It was to convey a message. It was to convey the gospel. He says, I need love to do that. I need love for ministry. He said, it doesn't matter if I have faith. Now, faith is critically important. We know faith is critically important. But he said, if I had the faith that can move mountains and have not love, I'm nothing. I'm nothing. Preacher, what are you saying? Where's our love? Where's our love? Where's our charity? Yes, we're operating in gifts. Yes, we're learning about it. But what is behind the motivation? Oh, that doesn't really matter, preacher. Is that right? Revelation chapter number 2. He is speaking to the church of Ephesus. Revelation chapter 2, first letter. There in the, in the letters to the seven churches. He said, thou hast labored. I mean, you are, you are working hard. You are going after it. You are, you're not putting up with sin. I mean, on the outside, on the outside, when we looked at it, man, this was, the, this was the ideal church. They were hard workers. They were going after it. But he says this, I have somewhat against thee because you have left your first love. You know what? It's not just what we do. It's why we do it. God is concerned not just how we're doing something, not just what we are doing, but he is concerned at why we're doing it. See, this, this church was once a soul-winning station. They were on fire for God. They loved God and they loved people. But over time, time had progressed. And over time, it had got to the place where they were doing it out of obligation and not adoration. They were going to church because Mama always went to church. They were teaching the Sunday school class because they couldn't find nobody else to do it. They were doing it out of obligation and not adoration to the Savior, not love for our neighbor. Where is the love? Have not love for nothing. For nothing. Listen, love is essential for my ministry. Love is essential for my message. Love is essential for my monument. My monument. Look what he says in verse 3. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, watch this, and though I give my body to be burned, I can give my life. Have not charity. What does it say? It. You know what? 
I, I read a verse, I read a verse in, in, in the Old Testament, Second Chronicles chapter two, 21. We're talking about a king by the name of Jehoram. And it says, and it came to pass that in the process of time, after the end of two years, his bowels fell out by reason of his sickness. So he died of a sore disease. And his people made no burning for him, like the burning of his fathers. There was no memorial. There was no funeral. Thirty and two years old was he when he began to reign. And he reigned in Jerusalem eight years and departed. Watch this. He departed without being desired. What are people going to remember about you? Dr. James Dobson said there's only three things that matter when it comes time to the end. What I did for God, who I love, and who loved me. What are they going to remember? You know, I've never had anybody at a deathbed, and I've been to a bunch of them. Never had anybody at a deathbed say, boy, I wish I had more time at the office. Boy, I wish I had some more time to go fishing. Boy, I, I wish I had just a few more nights to go hunting. But every one of them would say, boy, I wish I had more time with my family. With the ones that I love. What's going to be remembered? Are we going to depart without being desired? Is there anybody going to care? Is anybody going to care if we're not there? Well, I begin to think about the ministry here. What if you're not in your place? Will they care? What if you're not in your position of ministry, whether it's a greeter or whether it's a, 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 listen, one of the care team members or what if it's one of the teachers or what if it's one of the saints? Will they care if you're not there? Well, they better. No, that ain't, that ain't the way it works. Have you ever been around that person that just loved everybody, didn't matter who they were? They was just so lovable because they loved people. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? You cared when they wasn't there. What's going to determine our monument, preacher? I believe it's going to be the love that we share. The love that's so intimate, that need, listen, that needs to be shared with, not just for God, but for others. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Love is essential. But then love is edifying. Number two, love is edifying. If you want to really be convicted, go through, go through verses 4 through 7. It begins to say what love is and what love does. Charity, which is our word love, suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not, vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, does not behave itself unseemly, seemeth, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. First two things we see is patience and kindness. Charity suffereth long is patient. In other words, it puts up with. It, it endures something it doesn't deserve. And then is kind. In other words, it gives out something that's not deserving. What is that a parallel of? It's a parallel of God's mercy and grace. What is mercy? Mercy is not getting what I deserve. That's a parallel of patience. Then I have received grace. What is grace a parallel of? Grace is a, listen, a parallel to kindness. Grace is getting what I don't deserve. Mercy says I'm not going to hell. Grace says I get to go to heaven. Somebody say amen. 
Listen, God is trying to make us like him. And if we operate in love, we will be operating in patience. We'll be operating in kindness. We'll be operating in mercy and grace. What is the whole point? God wants to develop us. We are predestined to become conformed to the image of his son. And the more God works on us, the more we're going to be like him. And love edifies. Love always builds up. I read through those 50 times just to try to get it in my mind so I could put it in a simple term. And there's three little words that come to my mind as I was reading those verses. Three things that describe the way love edifies. Why does love edify? Why is it something that always builds up? Because the first thing that you see, love is selfless. It is very selfless. Less. Every description that you read, it suffereth long and is kind. It envieth not. Listen, it doesn't care whether you're driving a Cadillac or a Rolls Royce. It's not going to envy you because they love you. It's not going to envy you. It vaunteth not itself. It doesn't build itself up. It is not prideful. It's not puffed up. It does not behave itself. Seeketh not her own. Why is love so edifying? Because it is selfless. Selfless. We say we love somebody, we marry them, put a ring on their finger, and then we try to do everything we can for them to meet our needs. When before, before when we were dating, we'd buy anything they wanted, we'd go anywhere they'd want, we did anything they wanted to do, we'd do everything we could to minister to them and to please them and to... Hello? And then it changes. We wonder why we have problems. But love is always... Selfless. Why do you think your mama never got that last piece of chicken on the plate when they know you wanted it? Hello? Selfless. Selfless. There's nothing like a mother's love. One of the things you see that is because that mother always sacrificed for the one they love. Selfless. Where are we at in our scale? Love is selfless. But not only that, love is always supportive. How many of y'all ever, how many of y'all ever watched, and don't get, don't get sanctimonious on me this morning. How many of you ever watched the Flintstones? Come on. Hallelujah. This is a glorified crowd right here. You know, I didn't see many kids. They're missing out on the Flintstones. I'm just telling you. How many times, how many times did Fred, Barney come up with the idea but Fred always stole the show. I mean, it was Barney's deal. It was Barney's idea. I mean, Barney come up with a solution. And you know what? Fred would always say it was his. But you know what good old Barney would do? He'd say, good old Fred. What was he? Supportive. In everything. You read through him. You read through him. If this is not the truth, Love is selfless and supportive. It always lifts up. It always wants to be a blessing. It always wants the betterment of that other person. Boy, isn't that just like Christ? You know what else? I've seen verse number 7. Love beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. There's one thing about love. It's steadfast. Love will be there when the cows come home. Love will be there when everything... Uh, they say a true friend is the one that steps in when all the world has stepped out. Steadfast. A friend loveth at. 
Are y'all with me? You know what? God showed me something. God showed me something. When you face a difficulty and you face a problem, and you're going to, I don't care if you deal with people, if you are around people, you're going to face difficulty and problems because we're all broke. Every one of us. We're made out of the same substance. We're made out of dirt. We make mistakes. We're going to fail and fall and so forth and so on. But if you minister to people and you serve people, you're going to find out this. Sometimes it's very easy for people to become numbers and statistics. It's very easy to put problem instead of person. And God showed me if we are operating in love, it's not about fixing a problem. It's about restoring a person. And when you face whatever it is you're facing, when, it, when you're facing that difficulty at work, when you're facing that difficulty in the ministry, are we facing it in love? Are we looking at it in love? Are we totally selfless in our attitude? Are we totally supportive and steadfast in the way we're doing things? Are we operating in love? Because it doesn't matter what the gifts are if we're not going to use them in love. Number three. Love is essential. Love is edifying. Number three, I want you to write this down. Love is eternal. You know, there's a lot of temporary things. Some of these gifts that are recorded here in uh, chapter 13 are temporary. He said in verse 8, Charity never faileth, but whether they be prophecies, they shall fall. Fail. Whether they be tongues, they shall cease. There'll be a day when we're all going to speak the same language. There'll be no need for that gift. Listen, uh, what they shall cease whether they be knowledge it shall be vanished away because we're going to know we're going to know what we need to know we're going to know everything there is to know one day when we're there we know in part and we prophesy in part but when that which is perfect is come and that which is in part shall be done away when I was a child I spake as a child I understood as a child I thought as a child but when I became a man I put away childish things for now we see through a glass darkly in other words we don't understand everything there is we, we don't have it all figured out but then face to face we're going to know in part or says, now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. Now abideth faith, hope, and charity. These three, say it with me, but the greatest of these. Why do you reckon he said that? You know, he, he begins to describe and explains that there's, there are some things that are temporary. There's some gifts that we use and we operate in right now that's very temporary. It's going to be gone one day. It's not going to be needed one day. It's not going to be necessary one day. Then he begins to describe something that is eternal. He talks about faith, hope, and charity. But the greatest is charity, which is our English word, love. You know, without faith, it's impossible to please God. We are saved by faith. We serve by faith. We live by faith. But you know what? One day, faith will be over. One day, faith will end in sight, Brother Ron. There will be no need for faith anymore. Faith will be no longer. One day we're going to be in our blessed hope. We will receive what we have hope for. So neither one of them will be there. But there will never, ever be a day without love. Because love is God. God is love. He is the essence of love. We will be with Him for eternity. I'm telling you, we need to get this point. We need to love one another. We need to love God supremely. And if we love God supremely, the Bible says the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. And we need to operate in love. Love. How many times we said, God, help me deal with this person? 
How many times do we say, God, help me to love this person? There is nobody under as much conviction as the reverend right now. There's been times I complained. Or I, it, what's going to happen? What's going to happen here if we get this? I don't like that person. Well, there's a lot of things, a lot of people that didn't like Christ. But he loved them anyhow. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Say, well, I, why, why would God put me around this person to teach us to love the unlovable? Let's love them. Let's love our spouses. Have we been kind to our spouses? You know, sometimes we're nicer to strangers than we are our own best friends. And this is not in the notes, but I just feel like we need to, we need to deal with this. Why is it that we show more courtesy to the person at the McDonald's drive-thru, that, well, some of you do, uh, the McDonald's drive-thru, than the one that's supposed to be our best friend on the whole planet? Charity suffereth long, patience, and kind. Be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted. Amen? Just love one another. We were talking, in, we were ta- and I'm, I'm, I'm done, but we were talking in the small group meeting and about how in our small groups, in our small groups, sometimes we can be confrontational because that's what we're supposed to be. We're a family living life together. Me and my brother, my parents were sitting out there. Me and my brother, we'd have knocked down drag out. She'd come back to the bedroom and me and him both would be bleeding. What are y'all doing? Nothing. Nothing. But I tell you what, you let somebody else mess with me or somebody else mess with him and it's party time. You know why? Love. Love can disagree and move forward. The problem with most churches today is not doctrine. don't have anything to do with doctrine. You know, Jonathan Swift, he's the one that wrote Gulliver's Travels. This is what he said. We have just enough religion to make us hate, but not enough to make us love one another. Brother Ron, isn't that the truth? We have just enough to say we got our T's crossed and our I's dotted. Bless God, we're fundamental to the core. And ain't ain't that much love in our heart for our neighbor. Let us love one another. What is the great commandment? Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, and all thy mind. The second commandment is as the first. And the Bible says if we do this, we'll fulfill the whole law, all of it. I mean, it's all wrapped up in this. And thy neighbor as thyself. You mean to tell me if we just learn to love one another that we're going to get it all? That's right. You know why? Because if you love somebody, you're not going to lie to them. If you love somebody, you're not going to commit adultery. Because you love your spouse. And you love the spouse of that other person. You're not going to do that. 
you love somebody, you're not going to kill them. If you love somebody, are y'all with me? I want you to leave with this. Let's love each other. Hell or high water. Love beareth all things. Endureth all I have fell out of love with her. Well, fall back in there. Love one another. I got work to do. What about y'all? I got work to do. Let me give you a quick, quick plan of action. Quick plan of action. Go to your small groups this week. And say, how am I doing with verse 4 through 7? And pray that your spouse will be merciful and kind. Amen. Are we at a place? Are we at a place? And I put this on the last question. Are we mature enough where we can put ourselves and let ourselves be accountable to our fellow man, our fellow Christian brother, to keep me accountable to am I kind? Do I get prideful? Am I patient? Am I working on these things? Are you going to be perfect at it? Absolutely not. But you can work at it. It's one thing, it's one thing not to be good at it. But it's another thing not to even try. Have I failed in all of them? Yep. I went down the list and, ooh, oh, I got you know what? I made up my mind this weekend, God, I'm going to work on these. I'm going to get better at this. Because it don't matter what I say in my preaching, if there's not love behind it, it ain't going to matter. Church, say amen. Every head bowed and every eye closed in just a minute. Every head bowed and every eye closed. This is, this is the invitation. This is what I want, to, I want us to do this morning.